Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex. And this episode is in a box in the TARDIS labeled 244. I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? Fine. How are you? I'm pretty good. Good. Not bad. A warm welcome to everybody who's uh, maybe joining us this week. And if you're a long-time listener, welcome. And if you're a new listener, welcome. Let's get right down to it. What'd you guys do? Mason's sick. (laughs) (laughs) After a year of having his tonsils out and being strep-free, he got strep again. So he's not feeling well. He woke up yesterday morning with a sore throat. And he just started a nasal steroid for his allergies. And we were... We thought maybe that was just a side effect. And so we didn't think anything about it. And then Sunday this morning, he was still pretty sore. Mm-hmm. And so Holly took him to urgent care and they said, yeah, he's got strep. So. You're such a 10 o'clock news guy. Unfortunately, <laughs> the uh, tonsils, I think the tonsils have helped because he used to get it. You, you know, mean the lack of tonsils? Yeah. Tonsils <laughs> out. I so. thought for a minute he was going to say, I think the tonsils have grown back. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, Can that happen? Because after we got him out, he, he didn't have any problems. But prior to getting him out, he, had him, he had strep all the time. It was um, like once every three weeks, it seemed like. Yeah, with him. pretty yeah. much. But Holly fa- found out today from the doctor that there's a real harsh strain going around. So I think it's just uh, a fluke. So now it's just he's going to get it like other normal kids. Right. I think he'll recover from it quicker, too, because he doesn't have the tonsils back there to, for you know, it to kind of set in and fester the yeah. bacteria. So hopefully he'll get over it quick. But he's on uh, antibiotics and can't go to school tomorrow until – can't go back until Tuesday. But uh, he's excited because <laughs> he feels fine. His throat's, his throat's just sore and mm-hmm. he he never gets a fever when he gets strep. He never gets – he used to get stomach aches when he gets strep, but he doesn't have a stomach ache this time either. So, Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, so nonetheless, that was that. And then um, we went and got Caitlin's iPad today, so – Oh, she excited to have an iPad. Oh, yes. She was very excited. After some struggling with getting her Apple account, because she had an iPod, get her Apple account fixed because we had some password issues, but we got it taken care of. So that's done. So, But I'm about a hundred and some dollars poorer because <laughs> it, it, it was her birthday present from us, but we weren't paying for all of it. She asked for, initially she asked for money and gift cards. And I told her that her gift from us would be the difference between what she doesn't get. So mm-hmm. we went with her and I paid the difference. So, which is nice because she bought the $350. <laughs> <laughs> so I only paid about a third of that. She, she got a Wi-Fi good. only one or did she get a yeah. Wi-Fi only, yeah. 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 Um, and then... How many gig? 32. So I'm she's got twice these. as much as what I've got. But she bought the mini, so she's her screen oh. size smaller. But hmm. And then... Uh, well, uh, since I'm on a roll here, I watched a, I watched a few things this week, actually. I watched uh, Fast and Furious. No, excuse me. I watched Too Fast, Too Furious, because I had watched Fast and Furious a few months back. And it was okay. It wasn't as good as the first one, but it was it was okay. It was good. And then I watched Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. <laughs> so far, as my least favorite. <laughs> but it seems to be the least connected. It steps too. away. Well, it steps away from the Paul Walker storyline. Um. And as Sean warned me, it, it's actually set prior to six, right? So if you if you're watching him, 
It would make yes. sense to go one, two, four, five, Tokyo one, two, Drift. Four, five, then one, two, four, five, most of six, Tokyo there's Drift, a, end of six, in yeah. <laughs> and then seven. But I, I watched them chronologically because I'm smart enough to figure it out. So, um, yeah, it wasn't as good as the first two. It wasn't horrible, but it wasn't as good as the first yeah. two. My understanding is they, they, they tried really, really hard to retcon that one back in later. So. Was it I'll be, I'll be curious on your take on when you one? get to that. Hmm? Was it different people working on Tokyo Drift? Is that why it was such a different I, I don't story? know. Familiar character shows up at the end, though. That's kind of neat. Somebody <laughs> from the other two. Well, no. I don't really care. Probably from another me. I'm probably never going to watch it. Actually, you know, I'm not a motorhead. I don't like fast cars. I don't usually like fast car movies. But the first one was quite enjoyable because it's got a really good story. The second one is a little more car I've, heavy. I the, the first one is okay. But the, the funny thing is, the, the first one's just kind of a heist film. The second one's a. Uh, it starts out as Miami Vice, then it becomes Smoking the Bandit, <laughs> and then it goes to this really hardcore drug film <laughs> or drug dealer film. Um, so that's, that's kind of weird. And then the yeah, Tokyo Drift's all about cars and the Japanese mafia. <laughs> Kind of weak. <laughs> it's kind of it's most that's the most car heavy one as far as oh. I'm concerned. Then I watched. Um, I I watched something else this week. And then I watched um, House of Usher last night, starting my countdown to Halloween because it occurred it's to me be a really long countdown. It occurred to me that we were two months away. Yeah. And technically, today is the thirty first, but um, Halloween falls on a Saturday this year, so it's. Eight Saturdays from now, so from yes, from yes. Oh, so you're gonna just watch a horror movie every Saturday? No, just throughout the whole just two throughout months. the whole every, two months. Every day for the two it's months. Never too soon for Halloween. <laughs> we'll probably put our decorations up not next weekend because we got stuff going on, but the weekend after that. So mm. we have yet to buy Halloween decorations. I saw you watched uh, John Wick. That was the other one. I knew there was another one. I'm glad you were there to remind me. Um, John Wick. is Wasn't it awesome? Oh my gosh, that was such a good. I don't like HBO. Don't like it for a while. It's that's where I watched it. It's not. It just. I sat down in the middle of the afternoon. I thought I don't have anything to do. The kids are busy. Holly was out, so I fired it up. And it's kind of nice having the TV downstairs now, where I can get away and watch those kind of films. It's. It's. I'm not into ultraviolet films. Ultraviolet. I ultraviolet films, which it is, but it's such a good storyline. And. The moral of the story is don't piss off John Wick. <laughs> that's really you get what, that from the trailer. That's what the show is. That's what the movie's about. <laughs> don't piss off John Wick. That's all it is. So it was enjoyable. I, had fun. I love the I might have to bump that up higher than on, it's, my, it's, on my queue. It's only an hour and 40, so it's oh, not, that's not two hours. That's not bad at yeah. all. It's extremely well done. It's extremely well made, and it's it's just an enjoyable. It's a good movie. What'd you guys do? Sarah's feeling better. Yay. This is day three without headaches. Um, last Monday, they went and we went to the doctor, and they took the staples out of her head, and she was still having headaches, and so she had to be three to five days without a headache before she could go back to work. And so the doctor put her on what I called a conditional brain rest, <laughs> where she could look at TV, she could look at computers, she could look at tablets and phones. So long, long periods of time. Yeah, it's just so long as when her head starts hurting, she stops. And so throughout the week, her her progress slowly got better and better. And so she was all better pretty much by yesterday, was feeling back to her normal self, oh, which good. was really good. Very good. Yeah. Uh, Cody got his first vet visit. Got an ear infection. And, yeah, so we got eardrops to put in his ears. Aww. 
And he got prescribed an antihistamine for the flea bites he had from the uh, shelter. So hopefully this will help resolve some of his issues. Uh, we did watch a couple movies. Uh, we watched This Is Where I Leave You, which was really good. It Tina Fey needs to do more serious acting. She is phenomenal in this movie. Oh, she is so good. And Jason Bateman's Jason Bateman. Um, but an enjoyable Jason Bateman, uh, a little bit more serious, uh, Adam driver. I don't know if it's going to be anything like his star Wars role, but <laughs> it's kind of nice to see him in something ahead of star Wars. And yeah, I, I cannot, I don't think I can heap enough praise on this movie. It was so well done. It was, it was a nice balance of funny and serious. Uh, that's on HBO good also. Ah. So that's how we watched it. And then we went and saw fantastic four today. Mm-hmm. It wasn't as bad as people made it sound. That's what I said. Uh, I think I went into it with very low expectations. Very, very low. And there was a lot of stuff it didn't do right, but there it wasn't bad. Um, some of the acting I wasn't too impressed with. Uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan usually has great chemistry. And so does, like, uh, what's-her-face, Kate Mara. And they just had none. And I don't know how much of that was Miles Teller is not a good actor. Uh, or the writing was stiff. I don't know. It just felt very stiff. It's But it's not a superhero movie at all. It's a science fiction film where they kind of accidentally get superpowers and then <laughs> quasi become a team at the end. Uh, Sarah enjoyed it uh, way more than I think she thought she was going to considering the reviews it got. And she was the one kind of looking forward to it. And she admitted still, even though she enjoyed it, that... It's one of those movies that had higher aspirations than what it was, and it could have been so much better. It just fell flat. And I could see the aspirations in the film. And I remember you mentioning how there were so many things in the trailers that didn't make it in the final movie. And, yeah, there was quite a bit. So I'd be interested to see how much of those actually got filmed. Because, like, the one I'm predominantly speaking of could have been all just done in post because it's it's been dropping out of that. Uh, plane. Uh-huh. So, I wonder how much actually got shot of the action sequences that he ended up cutting or not. I presume that a lot of that was shot and he just cut it. So, so it'd be I'd, I'd be interested to see a director's cut to see if it improves it at all. Yeah, well, they're not uh, getting along <laughs> very well, so I don't uh, see a director's yeah, cut in their future. So. And if they if they got if they got a good writing staff. And good director. I think if they do do a sequel, because Fox doesn't want to lose the rights to the characters, they could potentially do something good with it. Even based off of where they left it in this universe that they created. I don't know. It just... It didn't... It did not deserve the... The bashing it got. It's not great, but... I'd watch it over a Transformers movie any day. (laughs) So there's that. I should leave well enough alone and let those... Rights revert back to Marvel. Yeah, they're not going they to. Won't, they, they, they've said already that they yeah. they're standing by the characters and the franchise. So it's not going anywhere. More is the pity. Yeah, well, it, I, I haven't read any of the new Ultimate line, the FF line of comics that they did. But I, from what I've seen of it, it feels like it took, pulled a lot from that. So that's what I read that they did. Yeah, which is in line with a lot of the other Marvel movie stuff they've done recently as it is anyway so that's pretty much it 
Sean? Um, I have a tickle in my throat, and it's right on the verge of uh, right on the verge of being there. Excuse me. <clears throat> we um, I really didn't do much this week, but we did get out tonight and go see the Man from Uncle. How was that? Thoroughly enjoyable. It's another as, as most Guy Ritchie films. Are. If you like Guy Ritchie films, um, it, it's it's I, I love I love Guy Ritchie films. I love the kinetic um, pacing and just sense of fun that he tends to bring to the table. Um, and I was very very excited. I don't know anything about the Man from Uncle. I know I know it's a show. I know it was on in the sixties, mm-hmm. and it's about spies. That's about the extent of my knowledge on this. Um, and this is a movie about spies. In the 60s. So it was like, <laughs> all right, sure. So it, it, it kind of, uh, it has a very uh, Bond-esque feel without being um, super, super over-the-top spy. It's more espionage kind of stuff, mm. uh, undercover work. Uh, fantastic soundtrack. A um, little hard getting past Mr. Caville as a, a not <laughs> Superman. <laughs> Because he shows up. I, I think and, it's funny that they got the British guy to play an American and an American to play a Russian. Yeah. And, and he was unrecognizable. It wasn't until the credits rolled at the end. I went, oh. You didn't realize that was Army Hammer? That's Army Hammer. Mel went, who's Army Hammer? I was like, he was the Lone Ranger. He and somehow she continues said, to get work. Because <laughs> his last two movies a, flopped. He's a fine actor. She, he, she well, said, yeah, have, have we watched that one? I was like, yeah. <laughs> the Johnny Depp one? She goes, eh. <laughs> so, that was the impression it made her. I, I agree with you. I, th- I think he, I think he's a much better actor than the films he's, he's just, been in. He's just not of... getting good roles. I mean, he's he's picking potential roles that could launch his career, and they keep falling on yeah. their face. And unfortunately, I think Even that's kind of where this mirror one, wasn't. Yeah. That's where this one's going to be at is because I mean it's only second week of release and the theater was pretty empty. Now, admittedly, it was he's, a late Sunday, but he's picking up franchise films. That was the problem. Yeah, that's franchisable film. But uh, no, it's thoroughly enjoyable, and Glenn oh, especially. Yeah. I think you would really get into yeah, it I mean, because I, you like spy stuff. I really Keith, want to I think see you'd enjoy because you like Guy Ritchie stuff. So well, I, it looks like a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, it's just not what I'm going to rush out to go see at the big theater. I don't think. Yeah, maybe no. a matinee on a Sunday. We, 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 like we, we have a Fantastic Four. It's a hoot. So yeah. But other than that, it's, that's, that's been about it. Well, let's move on to news. We have something that we're going to be adding to. Our next game night, eventually. (laughs) Warlord Games has announced they've got the rights to do a miniatures game. Uh, They revealed... uh, Let's see. Trying to find the relevant information here in this article. Uh, The license covers not just the latest series of Doctor Who, but encompasses all of the Doctors and their companions and foes. So expect to see Sea Devils as much as Weak Being Angels. Leela as much as Martha Jones. And a long, brightly colored scarf, as much as Fez, Fezes are cool, by the way. Uh, nice. so there's not a lot of details on what they're going to do uh, with it that I've seen. I haven't read too much into it, though. So It's pretty exciting. This is exciting for a number of reasons, if not the least of which is that, uh, for those of you that uh, want to do some sort of Doctor Who role-playing game, you now have miniatures to, uh, to, to go along with your... With, with the your, actual RPG. With your actual RPG. So. I chuckled when uh, Keith said that uh, another one to put on game night, but we have perpetually had um, the RPG on game oh, night. Oh, that's true. <laughs> the last two times, I still haven't gotten around to it. You want to be game master? Where, where is that at, Keith? It's in my shelf. 
Where where do we stand on getting that on the schedule, Keith? You want to be game master? Sure. Bring the box over. You bring the box over, and I'll I'll read. I'll be honest. I I I read it, and I felt so overwhelmed that it was kind of like, oh, because I don't think I've ever even played Dungeons and Dragons. Well, that's the problem. We've got the game complete hand. The complete newbie. Not you you should take over. I've never DM'd. You should probably maybe I should take over. (laughs) I'll bring it to you. Let's be honest, Glenn. Long time of the three of us. <laughs> you wouldn't be happy if anybody else was DMing. Oh, I don't know. I played with a lot of people that I wasn't the DM. Yeah. Actually, sometimes I enjoy playing because I don't have to think <laughs> as much. And I see you as you sit there and you play and you go twitch, twitch, twitch. I wouldn't <laughs> have done that storyline. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I make that Not what I had twitch, done, twitch, but okay. <laughs> uh, but this miniature set also says all 12 Doctors will be confirmed. And no word if there will be a time war elements or the war doctor. So, mm. I would like to have a war doctor. I would not like to have a time war element. <laughs> That's where I come down on that one. So you can pick up a starter game as well as a hardback book detailing the instructions. And when is this uh, scheduled to be released? Uh, it does not have a release date as of yet that I see. Alrighty. Soon. <laughs> Eventually. I presume they try to get it out by Christmas. That would, that would make sense. Yeah, I would think they would have all the rules and that's what they submitted already. Just got to be in production. Our next bit of news is a little bit of sad, a little bit of happy for our upcoming Wichita Doctor Who convention. I don't think we've reported that Katie Manning had to cancel her her appearance in person. She will be Skyping in for her panel, so at least you'll get to hear and talk to her. And as a replacement, they the fine organizers have gotten Fraser Hines. So that's a great... It, I said this to Sarah, and I, I kind of stand by it. Aside from the fact of having Katie there is great, and it would bring in a whole new, a whole different group of people that would be interested. But Fraser is such a, it almost rounds out this convention nearly perfectly between two doctors and second doctor era, because with Perry and Colin, and then him and, um, Deborah. yeah, Deborah, Deborah Watling. yeah, it it just really helps. Flesh that out. Well, I think and, and if taps into two arrows. I would presume they'll put him on the Patrick Troughton years panel, and that would help kind of bolster that as well. Yeah. Another another opinion on that. So. Not that Frazier could ever truly replace Katie. No, no, not at all. But he's a a, 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 a hurricane gale force in his own right. <laughs> it almost made a better fit in my mind. At least. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's. I think it's And I don't have him. a Frazier yet, so I have a Katie. You I don't, don't have, have a Frazier, do you? So now I'll be able to to get that one. I always figured I'd be at a convention with him one day. (laughs) And I'm right. Moving along, there's an upcoming 12th Doctor book that I think the three of us are pretty excited about that um, we, that previously had passed by our attention, but the more details of it recently uh, have been released. Big Bang Generation is what the novel's called, written by Gary Russell. The audiobook is going to be read by Lisa Bowerman. That's because Bernie Summerfield is appearing in the book. Really? Yeah. 
Have we talked about this? No. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> the, 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 this is part of the line that recently has been announced of the three the three book line. Well, I think it was until this week that Lisa tweeted that, out. That yeah. Uh, she, Bernie was returning. In the release, it said, I'm an archaeologist, but probably not the one you were expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so you can go and read description of the novel uh, online. It looks very exciting. I'm down for that. Yeah, me too. absolutely. I think Bernice will be an interesting, because uh, it's a 12th Doctor story. Yeah. Or whatever we're calling him now. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I think that they, they, those two would be an interesting fit. Not uh, necessarily a good fit, but certainly an interesting <laughs> pairing. Oh, I think it's, I think it's going to be fascinating to see how the characters play off of each other. Lisa Bowerman later tweeted, Does this make me canon? <laughs> <laughs> No, Night of the Doctor made you canon. <laughs> it did? Yeah. Because it canonized all the big finished. Oh, I gotcha. As I say, her name wasn't dropped, but I see what you're saying. Because it canonized all of big finish. And our final bit of news. Uh, another sidestep item is going to be released on DVD. Uh, Wartime is going to come out. That's the 1987 film uh, featuring Benton and his past, and a uh, cast that includes Michael Wisher, Nicholas Courtney in voiceover, and Nick Briggs in a very early appearance. So soon you'll be able to actually watch that uh, and own that on DVD. It's kind of cool that the unit stories that were made by the offshoot productions are, are making their way back into available media. So yeah. Downtime was announced a few weeks ago that they were doing, or a few months ago that few they were doing ago, DVD. Yeah. And now uh, Wartime will make its appearance on DVD. It's this company, Time Travel TV. So go and tell them if you, there are other ones you want. <laughs> we'll have to make sure to... Uh... Time Travel TV must have bought all of uh, Real Time's They must uh, have, yeah. Catalog. <laughs> It's exciting to... I really want to watch it just because I love Benton so much that to flesh him out even more. Well, maybe we'll do a, a companion archive on Benton. Ooh, there you go. And that's it for news. All right, well, let's move on to feedback. No. No. We're going to do our Doctor Who legacy. Tip of the week. Who Brannigan sent us a tip. Through feedback. Through feedback. <laughs> He said, I'd like to thank you and Rachel for the recent tip of the week about taking a break from Doctor Who Legacy. I had done the first part, Stop Playing, several weeks ago because <laughs> I had gotten out in a rut and was going nowhere. I had given up. I didn't think of playing it ever again until I heard Rachel's tip. So I heeded her idea and started it again a few days ago and having a blast again. It is fun and fresh. And I quickly got two more Doctors. Thanks again, Rachel, and for the three Vorkansians... For having the tip feature in your podcast. What's the tip? That was it. That's all I have. That wasn't a tip. That was a thanking <laughs> Rachel for her tip. I've got a tip. It's a reinforcement of the previous Reinforcement tip. of a tip. Tip reinforcements. Take advantage. My tip is take advantage of the new level caps. Even if you have to do instant upgrades. And if you're stuck, get your doctor to the sixth level or your companion up to six stars. And it will help you move move past stuff. Oh, 
Have, have you I had any problems? Become I unblocked. I haven't moved anybody yet. So. Slightly. 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 <laughs> only, only slightly unblocked. <laughs> I've, got, I've made much more progress on the one level. I just need to get my companions up to the higher uh, ones, too, because I got my doctor up that I'm using, and then I just got to... You're using that added boost there. To, that's, that's actually wise. I haven't, I haven't, I haven't moved any of my characters but, but, up. Well, considering you're at a wall of well, done. And, and that's just, well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not done, but, um, the, but, but I think I have a more even, I have a more even team because mm-hmm. all of my companions are at the previous cap. So not so all of them. So is my team, but, but I don't know why I'm just struggling to get through some of these levels. Have you guys been playing any of the premium? I finally bought the premium, uh, adventures. Did you, did you of, get it to unlock? I did get finally. it to unlock finally. Um, for the Sonic Adventures, I haven't I haven't bought the uh, kids version yet, but I was waiting to finish uh, the Sonic Adventures. And I'm not sure how many levels it is, but I just got to the seventh Doctor's Sonic Screwdriver. Just just dropped that one. So hmm. I played I, just. If the, I uh, were to guess, I would say I'm probably played twelve levels so far. I played just the intro level, and I, I thought it was um, in some way fitting and quite amusing that. Only Eric Roberts' master could have come up with this insane plan to steal sonic devices. <laughs> because that's obviously going to hamper the doctors being able to do anything. Oh, yeah. So, uh, well, especially 9, 10, and 11. Yeah. <laughs> you go, Eric Roberts. <laughs> now, I, uh, I, I went through a, a fairly massive uh, thorough cleansing of my iPad. I deleted a whole whole bunch of comics that I had on there. Pretty much anything that, um, you know, I, I had a physical copy of. I was like, well, I don't need a digital one since I own it. <laughs> so I would delete things off trying to make room. And I don't know how much I deleted. Somewhere in the neighborhood of, it felt like two or three gigs. And Legacy it still... It felt like or was two or three I, gigs? I, it had to have been pretty close. Um, and it uh, Legacy is still extremely sluggish with the new update. So it's, it's I'm going to have to do a much more thorough cleaning. I don't think it's cleaning. a. I don't think it's a space issue though. I think it's a processor issue. Because I mean, I I can disable everything, and I still have everything but Doctor Legacy, and I still have. Well, I mean, it takes like not only forever to load, but like just just checking in with my daily thing, yeah, like the time crystal again I age comes up. It, you could probably happens. put just Doctor Who Legacy on there with nothing else and have free up nearly your 16 gig, and it's still you think like, it's a processor. It's Aww. we've got the old processor in our. In our iPads, we've device. got old we've got old technology. Device. We need newer devices. Need it was inevitable. I mean, that, no, that's, don't that's, say that. That's what <laughs> I mean. In order to get the content in the game that they are providing, yeah, it, it's necessary to have. And it's part of today's society of devices yeah. quickly become obsolete. Obsolete. Says the guy who's them off the shelf. Says the guy who's still struggling to find a way to play Galactic Battlegrounds. <laughs> True. <laughs> On a Mac. <laughs> oh, I got my computer. I need to go look for that now. You should. Yeah. I think it's in my basement. Your computer's in your basement? Oh, no. <laughs> yes, my computer's in my basement. Okay. <laughs> now let's move on. Oh, that was our Doctor Who Legacy tip of the week. Now let's move on to feedback. Our first bit of feedback comes from Robert. And Robert writes, comment question, hello again. Quick bit of info about the two Peter Cushing movies. Rift Tracks took both of them on a while back. Both are available for download or streaming for 10 bucks each. And here's a link for any show notes. I own them both and like them. I think the second is funnier than the first, but they're both worth picking up. Later, Robert. 
Thank you, Robert. Thank you for that reminder. I think he mentioned that a few uh, last year sometime. <laughs> when we <laughs> probably, the, probably the last time we talked about yeah, the, uh, I think the, so. The, um, the Dalek movies. I think yeah, that's actually a great idea to do the riff tracks. I think when we eventually review them, we won't do the riff track versions because we. I think we don't want. I think we want to. We want a first a, viewing review. Yeah, and we'll treat it maybe, as a purist yeah, experience. Yeah, but and we'll, then we'll maybe definitely down, come back around. And then it. maybe down the line do the riff tracks. So. And that's our first and last bit of feedback for this week. Shall we move on to our review? Let's. Well, shall we do like we did last week and start with the comic? Yes. Did you read the comic? I did read the All comic. right. Keith, did you read the comic? I read the comic. I haven't read the comic. I just I'm kidding. I read the comic. <laughs> I remembered earlier today that I didn't and had time before I came over. Are, are you a bit more pleased with this one, Glenn? Did more happen? Yeah. Is, is it moving along for you a bit now? <laughs> They're finally getting into the meat of the story. A lot of weird stuff happens, but... yeah. You need the, the, I quite the enjoyed <laughs> the in the past two issues. I quite enjoyed the tandem conversation between the three, where they would continue each other's sentences. And I think it's got it's kind of run its course now, though. I'm a little I, I I want some independency now with the doctors, and we get that when they're separated. But we really still like continue. It's almost like they're they're the forcing them. It's like they're forcing them to, well, just briefly. Very briefly, yeah. but um, it was still enjoyable. But I think now they're forcing that whole continuation of dialogue between the three, and it's getting a little old. I also want to point out that there is a, an incorrection in the title of this. It's The Five Doctors. It's true. <laughs> so we have two copies right now, presumably, of the twelfth. Uh. <laughs> Although, unless, unless the although War Doctor the never War does Doctor make another appearance. The War Doctor has so at this point in the story, there are still only four. What do you guys think of the... Alt- the uh, he does not like standing up. Uh, continuity bomb. The what? The continuity bomb. Uh, the, uh, oh, yeah, that was the cool. Big bomb. Yeah. Very, very uh, Dalek reminiscent there. And considering that we're dealing with a, uh, a Time War leftover or something... Um, possibly. It's kind of it's kind of meta too because we're always talking about continuity in Doctor Who, and then we get the <laughs> we get the alternate. the the alternate ch- you know changes from from what things we're familiar with with Wilf's uh, trapped in the radiation chamber at the end of end of time, and then uh, events right after the uh, wedding of River Song. Yeah. With everything happening all at once. Yeah, it was it was neat. I well, I, this idea that the I like the concept. The tenth Doctor after that goes on to be the Time Lord victorious and ruling over Gallifrey, and then gets killed. Wow. Uh, he's not ruling over Gallifrey. Well, he's, he's ruling, ruling over the something. galaxy. Yeah. He's not ruling over Gallifrey. I mean, there's obviously Gallifrey is still gone because fixed the broken cosmos. He decides not to. But they've got kind of the Gallifrey type headdresses. That's but it, it can't be Gallifrey. Gallifrey doesn't exist. Yeah. So <laughs> maybe he just used. Maybe Gallif- he fixed it. I'm sure well, he, he used Gallifrey. The broken cosmos. Maybe the time war is one of the things he fixed while being victorious. Oh, I suppose that maybe be. maybe his hubris is so great. <laughs> he fixed he every fixed time locked area. Does the mirror that look like a Sabine? 
I think it's, it's totally supposed to be, supposed to be a slitheen. Yeah. The arms aren't quite right. At least too muscular, too. He's not squishy enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, just because the family Slitheen let themselves go doesn't necessarily mean... Good point. Right, good point. You don't all look alike. Uh-huh. Way to be speciest, Glenn. Man. <laughs> I really like this idea that 12's alternate timeline is him not forgiving Clara. And him just staying in the TARDIS for years. It's an interesting facet to the because I don't know. In a way, the Doctor's almost one step away from the Mad Hermit living on the hill, anyway. You know. Yeah. And uh, you know, we, we've talked before about how his 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 need for interaction and 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 and, and contact is is what continues to drive him to to this but if he ever lost that yeah i'd totally (laughs) he'd he'd shut himself up in his box and be done let me ask you is the not forgiving to clara an event we've already seen or is it an event to come i think it's i think it's based off of the uh dark water prologue see i didn't think pre-credit sequence that's what i immediately thought of i didn't think so throwing the key away yeah I thought that at first until I, I started to rationalize it. And it's like, but he'd already forgiven her, essentially, for that, from the standpoint that it wasn't real. You know right. what I mean? But the whole idea of these is he chooses a different path. And had he chosen a different path where well, he... Yeah, I guess there's that. I guess my the question is... That's not clear is where is this happening in the twelfth Doctor yeah, and yeah. Clara's timeline, and I've always presume, presumed that at this point, and it's it's never been clear, but at this point, it's beyond what we saw in Death in Heaven, and well, we know although well, it doesn't have to be because of the yeah the twelfth Doctor's era his, took place before that anyway yeah his line comics, his comic because line of the was fact before that, that uh, Osgood was, was still alive so yeah and references to Danny so it could be. I've just gone with that presumption that until they say otherwise. Well, it makes sense that they would choose that because they've chosen... They don't want to thing- contradict anything. Well, they've either. chosen things that we've seen as well. Yeah. well but an alternate timeline, you, you're well, not contradicting no, no, I mean, anything. Well, what if, if, what if, if it's... If this is set it's. post Darkwater, Death in Heaven, Last Christmas, we don't want to... They don't want to potentially create issues with series They nine. wouldn't. The point is, uh, it's an alternate timeline. No, I mean... They could have done anything. Not, you, not this part in general, for his story. In the, in the comics. Oh, oh, oh. In, in, Just the general 12th Doctor line. In yeah. the line going, yes. Yeah. Okay, I agree with that. Is it possible that he's referring to the first meeting when, when after his regeneration in, in Deep Breath, where she's kind of having trouble reconciling who this guy is, and it takes the phone call from Eleven to kind of... Well, see, here's, here's the thing that made me think... Don't, it me, don't. Sorry. <laughs> It, it, here's the thing Dude, that, did you just fold a book? I, I, sorry. Oh, my God. You can't take him out at all. That's not even my copy. I'm normally much better about you can this. Tell, you can tell I used to be a comic collector. This is, the, this is the guy that's got first editions and hardcovers, and he folded a book. It didn't crease. But here's the thing that made me immediately think Dark Water, Death in Heaven. Because... So I told her to go to hell. 
And he, that was his direct words. Granted, he meant them in a different context. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I'll buy that. I look forward to seeing where else it goes. So maybe we'll get the official timeline of where these comments are. <laughs> and the board show back up again. I'm sure there's already presumed guides out there of where these fit. I'm sure there's a discontinuity guide out there <laughs> dealing with the comics right now. They've got one for Big Finish, and they've got one for the novels now. So, I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the kind of looks into these alternate timelines, and <laughs> just again how gritchy <laughs> the, the, the doctors are when dealing with the other. I mean, it, it, it's it totally in keeping with her character, but 12 is so dismissive of Time Lord Victorious. It's like, oh, yeah, of course you would do that. <laughs> You're so mean. And then they get to 11, and, and it's just kind of like, <laughs> you just you, you let everything go and got married, huh? All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's nice to uh, kind of get the... Um, Paul Cornell write anything in the Eleventh Doctor? Era? No, nope. except for that one comic. Except for that yeah. one, yeah. the one that you didn't like, which I did. Um, just I get the impression that the Eleventh Doctor is kind of getting some—he's being rubbed a little bit more than the other two. <laughs> maybe kind it, of a may, backhanded. Maybe, uh, yeah, uh, maybe Paul maybe Cornell he had a story he submitted and Moffat dismissed it. <laughs> well, I know I'm not even going to go that far, but just maybe he just didn't like the Eleventh Doctor that well because <laughs> he's he's he rubs it in he rubs a lot of things in the Eleventh Doctor. He does that a lot with the Ten too. Yeah, but Ten's done in such a way of. Um, Ha-ha. And 11 almost feels like a ha-ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. You know, it's just, it's it's almost a little little heavy-handed sometimes. But I wonder if it's from the standpoint that... When, He's when, an when, easier target. Well, yeah. When, when 10 gets his feathers ruffled and, and shouts, oi, you know, it's funny. And 11's just kind of... The drunken giraffe. He's just there, you know. Yeah. So it's like, okay, yeah, we can pick one of him. I don't know. That just that was the impression I got. I did like the uh, even though it only lasted for what a panel and a half that we went ahead and split the companions up with different doctors. Mm-hmm. It was yeah. like, oh, cool, we're doing the the, the five doctors thing, you know. We're- <laughs> I like some of the revisitations of Marinus. If you go to the next page, you've got Clara. Is it Clara and Twelve that's running around the? Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, Gabion. It is Gabion. And they're running around and they can't find the. Oh, no, here. This. That's uh, Clara, Clara and. That's Clara. Clara. Yeah. And this is that thing that they circled in Keys to Marina several times. They couldn't figure out how to get into it. Oh, yeah. That's what that is. <laughs> and then we got the, the drop about the. They're, now they're under. They're on Marinus, but they're under the water. And yeah. the water's made of acid. So mm-hmm. they're really setting up this Marinus story and this Mar- Marinus trappings as we go. I think that's kind of cool. And we get another look at the boards. Which look really cool. <laughs> this this was another unfortunate design panel, though, where I was uncertain who this one was because I, I totally thought this was Gabby. See, I didn't. There was this problem with the first with eleven. Story. I, I don't think they've gotten Clara's face quite right, but I I've been able now because they're doing wider shots to tell. Okay, Clara's in the red shirt. Gabby's in the tan shirt. 
So I can differentiate that way. Yeah, I don't know. I just something about the way. Maybe it's her posture. Maybe it's something about the well, no, way that she's drawn here. That I, I told until the conversation led me to the oh. No, 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 no. That's that's, and I had to go back and. What I don't like is that Clara had a maybe she's just wearing a different, but she had almost a bob in the first issue, and now she's got she's long got hair, longer yeah. hair, yeah. Which her hair did short, long, short, long, short, long all through series. Maybe, maybe that's well. a meta joke. Too, <laughs> maybe it know. is. But I think it was just the way she was wearing it. Of course, you can get away with it in. Season eight because the time, they, time was, yeah there was yeah. so much. I mean, it wasn't she, she was a, being dropped off and and then going on. It wasn't like it was mid adventure. Her hair exactly. would change. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, whereas here it has. So I'm I'm choosing to believe that might just be meta. <laughs> <laughs> or she would just had it pulled back and I couldn't tell on the first uh, first uh, issue. It looked like a bob though. It looked like a straight cut. It did look like a straight cut. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure. That was, was yeah, and then and the climax the of it was 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 um, good. I didn't expect it. I nope. didn't expect it was. A yeah, scene. and I don't quite get where it's going to go. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. Well, we got three more stories, right? Three more issues. Is uh, six issues or five? Five. So we've got two more. Two more. Two more issues. Getting closer. So this feels like a, a good point for this kind of yeah up, up. cliffhanger. Agreed. Uh, wrap up. So and the best cliffhanger I think so far. Did you did you happen to read the uh, one at the end? <laughs> the meaning I didn't this time. Sad face. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too oh. soon. I guess I'll have to read it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like in the last panel in it too. Did you read it? Uh-huh. You did read it. <laughs> yeah, that one. <laughs> well, don't spoil it, I guess. <laughs> so we're uh, again thoroughly enjoying the four doctors, mm-hmm. mistitled though it may be. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, it's weird. I feel like we heaped so much praise on the other two, and then this one, despite the story finally getting into gear and going somewhere, that this has been my favorite. I mean, if I was underselling it, this has been my favorite issue of all of them. I mean, because I've expressed how I just felt like the 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 story is good, but it's just been meddling, and now or meddling, and now it's just really taken off and well, it's gotten interesting and had a fantastic yeah, I think it's the best cliffhanger of all three issues that's the difference with this issue is the story ramps up and the first yeah. two there was lots to to point to on oh this moment was great this moment yeah was exactly the, 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 the first is. two had a lot of great moments in them um but overall the story was just kind of okay we, we, we're getting somewhere but yeah. and now we're really getting somewhere so i i i, I think this is the best issue so far Well, next issue four next week. Sorry, I was underselling it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, shall we move on to our reviews of our big finish audios we're yes. reviewing this week? Let's. Shall we go chronological order or release order? Well, doing the way we, well, you guys listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> I can go both ways. <laughs> so, chronological order. In Moscow, in the near future, the Fifth Doctor and Turlo came across a conspiracy involving the Somnus Foundation that will cause the course of history as it should be to change. Dun, dun, dun. I don't know. <laughs> this was another one that for me was... What was the name of this one, Keith, since you didn't say it? Singularity. Singularity. <laughs> oh, sorry, I thought it was it was all right. I, I this one. I, there were a lot of the trappings of it that I enjoyed. I liked the Moscow. That was cool because it's a 
different location. <laughs> you know, not it, London. It wasn't London. Okay, cool. Um, I, I I liked the fact that we got this very what felt like it was going to be a religious cult story that wasn't yeah. quite the religious cult story that I thought we were going to get. <laughs> it was. It was just a different religious yeah, cult yeah. story than we thought. Um, and I, I liked the cult and all cults. The the, the <laughs> end revelation of what the, the threat was from the, the sleepers. But it just kind of felt there. There didn't know. feel like a great menace to me. Yeah. There didn't seem to be... It, it has this weird, almost classic Doctor Who meets new Doctor Who in a way that doesn't quite work. Because there's a lot of it that feels very new series with visiting the end of the universe and then the trochophane and these people, these things are humanity evolved, et cetera, et cetera. That felt very new series. But then with the fifth doctor and Turlo in Russia, that all felt very classic series more so. So it just, the two just didn't mesh well for me. See, and I, I disagree with the idea that the, the villains didn't feel very menacing. I thought they were very menacing. I think they, they were probably one of the more evil, even though it was more of an end goal than it was really a, a question of evil. But it was, I thought they were very menacing, especially having listened to the last two audios we had where we felt like the villain was just kind of blasé. <laughs> and even going back as far as, as uh, some of the other stories where we just had like, you know, political machinations and you know, those, those kind of things. I thought these, I thought that the, the villain here was solid. I thought that was great. The, the, they had an in game goal. The stakes were huge. And, the stakes were pretty high. And, I mean, huge. I mean, singularity. I mean, we're at the, the end of all existence and one group of people moving on to into singularity. I, I, thought, I thought that was huge. I think the problem I had with the story was, first of all, it was hard to follow. Second of all, they seemed to take a long time to get there. Yeah. And third, the... I think the problem with it is because for as menacing of a villain it is, I never felt like there was that much of a threat to our heroes. Yeah. There was a threat to I think, I think society. That's I there was a threat to humanity. There was a threat to the universe. But I never felt like our heroes were ever in danger yeah. until Turlo gets uh, transplanted with one of the uh, – I don't remember what they were called. But one of the sleepers, but they, they weren't sleepers. They ended up being – another group, but until that happens, but then even in that aspect, they kept driving home the fact that he wasn't from earth. And so I knew, I knew down the line, if they ever took him and transferred him to the end and used his body and transferred his, his mind or spirit or whatever you want to say ahead in time, there was, that was going to be the, the, the fix is the fact that Turlo's not human. He's not, well, he's not, he's not of earth. I think we we throw around the human thing a little too much and 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 singulate it onto Earthlings, but he's not from Earth, and so well, doesn't he make a point of saying he's not human in this? I think he did at one point, and then yeah. the Doctor. But I, 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 I know what you're trying to say. Yeah, I personally think that that human isn't an Earth quality, and even though the, I mean, even Doctor Who and other stories have driven that home that yeah. the way you're human. Well, I think human because we have so many 
species and aliens that look human that I think human is more of a common commonality among different species than just being saying this is earth but well, you're right if you want to get the the, the technical humanoid versus yeah. Yeah. which is something human. they do in star wars a lot right it's humanoid so um versus you know, well even star trek yeah, to that star point trek. later in, yeah in later star, star trek, trek does yeah. that a lot um, it's also i mean one in, in my mind and the, the 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 dividing line is well if you are from the you know, genealogy that can be traced back to Earth, even if it's after the breakout, after that we've gone and colonized the stars, that you're still human. Yeah. You know, whether you grew up or See, you're I, born I, on Mars or, or some other planet, it doesn't I think, matter. I think if a if if the species has evolved near to or along the same lines as Earth, then you're human. I mean, that's that's I think what. But we're getting into the semantics of it because <laughs> yeah, that's, that's true, true. I, I I just so I, I think I saw that coming. Because knowing that Turlo was not of Earth and yeah, them not so realizing that and their arrogance of, of utilizing him anyway, I kind of saw that coming. So that didn't elevate the threat anymore to our heroes when suddenly I'm going, we well, Turlo's, yeah, Turlo's going to be the solution here. Well, and even when we do get to that moment of threat, when he's on this other planet and, you know, everything's gone bad and that moment... What are we going to do? He's on another planet. Well, he's yeah, well, he's, he's in the future. In the future, because it's humanity. But it's not. He's not on Earth though. Well, he's it not. Was, You're was, right. It yeah. was. They had. It was. But, it was they had branched. So so out. everything's bad. This is a, this is as bad as it's going to get for you in this story. What do we do? And he's rallying the troops. It's like, okay, how do we fix this? I'm going to go get a big stick. I'm going to go beat the <laughs> crap out of that thing. And it's like. That's how we're going to solve this. I liked that. Though, I, actually, that's, that's in line that with Turo. It is. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I chuckled. And I thought, sense. yeah, go beat it up. But then I thought, what if that's the thing that leaves you stuck there? Mm. Because it wasn't a well thought out plan. No. It was just a. It was very Turo, though. Yeah. I'm just going to go beat that up. Okay. <laughs> just, I don't know. I expected a little bit more from the. Once they had dropped that, mm-hmm. that switcheroo on me that, oh, these are the, you know, the earthlings from the end of time, I kind of. I, I, my, my expectations got a little lofty, I think, at that point, because I was expecting a little more from it than that. And now, just a big stick. I'm going to go beat something up. So, okay, that, that works I, too. I just uh, my my biggest problem is I I felt like it was it it felt disconnected in parts and was very hard to follow. And so I think that was that really kind of sours me on the story. Mm. Um, I thought the performances were good. I liked I actually liked the Fifth Doctor in this. I liked the fact that the Fifth Doctor he didn't get. He didn't get very like early on in Big Finish. The Fifth Doctor would get very confused or not knowing what's going on and not being so sure of what was happening. And they've they've kind of fixed that for me. I think he really feels very much more like the Fifth Doctor that we we know from yeah. this, from the TV series. And so that was still there in this. So that was a bonus for it. But yeah, overall, I just it was I'm kind of with Sean. It's, it was just there. It wasn't anything to write home about, and it's nothing that I would probably go back and listen to again. But I really liked Turlo in it throughout the entire Turlo story. Yeah. I think he was kind of the highlight of it for me. Well, he was he had, sympathetic he great, for what's her name, uh, uh, not Natalia. Which that was the other thing is Natalia. Who was she? Because I had no idea who Nat- she was. Because Natalia were- was Quell. So, oh, so Natalia was actually the one that had been put. But, but did we get any Natalia up until we found out that she's that's where she was displaced to? No. Okay. No. Then I, I did follow it. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, we, we got name drops of this is who this person's supposed to be. Uh, okay. Okay. We, we, we thought Quell was supposed to be. I must Natalia. have missed that because the, the, the Quell Cause, thing. Because that's why they always they kept recognizing okay. her. All right. Oh, that's right. Okay. Now that you say that. Okay. That yeah, makes sense. Because she was the face of the, the, the Institute. Right. So. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you. 
I'm glad you said that because that does tie it back together. Uh, Lena. Lena, yeah. Lena, I knew it wasn't yeah. Lena because Lena had her own thing going on, and I, which I thought was fine. I thought yeah, was, no, she had a good was, backstory. It too. was a great, yeah, a great backstory. The 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 mother, and then it, it was her brother that was yeah, the, the one that was taken, Lexi. And then they had this friend, Petro? Uh, Pavel. Pavel, yeah. From Fiddler on the Roof. Um <laughs> The most Russian name, and I, and I absolutely loved. I loved his. I loved his character because he was this conspiracy, <laughs> who was almost to the point where he was doubting his own <laughs> conspiracy stories, and then suddenly he meets two time travelers, and I thought, how cool is that? <laughs> it's like um, I'm, my my uh, faith is is uh, wavering. Oh no, justified. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. It and it was, it was, it would have been so easy to play that character for laughs. No. Yeah. And, and yeah, really absolutely. send up this, you know, conspiracy nut. And they, and they, 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 did they did a, a little a, bit, a little bit but not when first. He was talking about his bunker. Well, actually, yeah. it was his mother's basement. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, it, it, it could have gone yeah, in that yeah. direction yeah. for so far. And they oh, did. Yeah. And, and, and I they, appreciate they, that. They did. And they pulled it back. The thing that I really liked was, as, as we've talked before, so many times the TARDIS gets uh, separated for purposes <laughs> other, no other reason than we're going to separate you from your time ship and, and cause an additional problem here. And this time the TARDIS gets TARDIS napped and tortured. And yeah, I mean, that part was well, and the other thing that was nice about it, it was it was I, late in the game too. It wasn't yeah, early yeah. on. We got to utilize the TARDIS. It right. wasn't. Uh, just sitting there in the corner, not doing anything. And, and they the fifth doctor took it to go back in time, which was kind of uh, I thought was really cool. the fifth doctor managing once again to create a self-completing <laughs> loop that, policy yeah, policy? That, that, that he's involved with. But which you know, I, I what I have decided by the fifth doctor is he really needs to stay away from instances that are going to cause fires because he's oh every time he messes something up or causes that causal loop, it's always it's has fire to do with related. fire. <laughs> Not that he could have known in this situation or any situation, yeah. but it just unfortunately there's a common link with the fifth doctor and fire and causing being the cause and effect for things. Well, and and kind of a bit of a fun future retconning as well when she's laying down the list of things that he may have been responsible for and throws out <laughs> Titanic and he doesn't say anything, <laughs> and it's like, well, he will be there. <laughs> Not a fire, but an iceberg. <laughs> we, we don't know what caused that, but maybe. Um, I, I also like the almost uh, romance brewing between Turlow and what's her face? I just said her name. The Lena. Lena. I, it felt like they're, they they connected and they almost could have had something. Yeah. And then at the end, it made where, her very it made him very sympathetic for her too. Oh yeah. And so I liked that. And his that speech worked. to her about time not caring and just rolling over. Wow. Yeah. Which is great because it was something very, very much the doctor would say, and so we it, it actually kind of um, believe it or not, in, in, in a strange way, it really adds growth to Turlo's character. Oh yeah, because absolutely. of the fact whole that he does. he sort of has realized that he's come to that realization. He's no longer the Turlo that was you know out to kill the doctor. He's now very sympathetic and understanding and respectful. He, he respects the doctor enough so that he recognizes things that the doctor has taught him through this time they've been well, together even just through the story he grows a lot he does and i i think that the the interesting thing about that though is he still has those moments of okay fine just go do it you know he did do that at one point with with lena <laughs> yeah and but then realizes oh no no that's not the right thing to do <laughs> so he still has moments of turlow so he's very yeah. he's very familiar as a character but he also experiences that growth and 
that really kind of broadens the character as well. Yeah, so it, it like feels it. like the Turlo yeah. you see it in Planet of Fire. Yes, yeah, he's come a long way. Agreed. Well, I think that was maybe what kind of helped lend the idea, at least that you and I, I think, kind of shared that this felt like the story right before Planet of yeah, Fire. It felt like we were leading to, towards his departure. It, is, is not only did we get that, that character growth, not only did we get that kind of older, wiser Turla, but you know, we got some of those lines like, "Oh, you've been with me long enough. Just go look for things that you know are unusual." <laughs> And then Turlo, you know, makes comment, well, maybe I've traveled with you too long or yeah. something, yeah. That, something that, you know, it's just, you, you get the impression that he's a little tired of traveling with them. Yeah. That he's just kind of given, and which I don't, I still don't get, <laughs> I mean, it's fine for that character. It's fine for this companion, but man, I'd be bounding out of bed every morning in my bunny slippers and pajamas standing in the console room. Where are we going today, doc? You know, just. What, what, what are we going to do? Who are we going to fight? What are we gonna, yeah, okay, let's do it. He would throw me out. He would physically have to throw me out of the targets before I got tired of traveling with him. I mean, I just, I don't get it. But or for, leave you behind to crash into the earth and cause the extinction yeah, of the dinosaurs. That's probably what happened to me. <laughs> Instead of sitting there going, I can do the math on this. Be like, <laughs> man, I don't know anything. What do these buttons do? <laughs> Which one cues up the Wizard of Oz? <laughs> so, um, why am I blanking on his name? Um, Turlo actor, um, uh, Mark, Strick- Mark, Mark Strickton. Thank you. Great, fantastic, and having seen him at Galley, where he talked about having to put on the Turlo voice when he gets possessed and and comes out, and he's talking normally, and I'm like. Who is that guy? Did we get? And I, I, I literally stopped for a minute and thought, did we get a new character? Did I miss an introduction or something? And then they, you know, it's, it's Turlo, and I was like, oh, clever boy, that's, that's so cool. That that's you. And then of course, in the next scene, he's on the other planet and he's talking like Turlo again. It's like that's just awesome. But yeah, I, a lot of, a lot of I, I, when while listening to it, I thought to myself, I wonder if they set this in Russia so that they could have the difference. The different voices, the different accents, so that you could kind of tell the difference between the two, the person that's on Earth and the person that's in Far Future. Possibly. But they're played by different actors. Oh. At least Natalia and Quell were. So. I still think, in a way, it, it makes sense because it, the, the Russian accent in particular is such a striking. When yeah. Turlo's body on Earth is talking, I assumed it was a different actor. That's why I thought it was, there was such a stark difference there. Yeah. So. But no, it's, I, I think because the Russian accent in, and, and, and Russian in it particular sense, yeah. is such a distinctive. It helps differentiate, you know, for sure. I just kind of expected them to be the same actors. And was it's not somebody some trying words. to do a bad American accent or a uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or something. It's just it's it's Russian. There's no mistaking it for anything <laughs> other than Russian. So yeah, this I you know it, it had a lot going for it. I just kind of wish that there had been. A little more there. I don't know. It was, I really it was, liked it was how a it fine ended story. too with the doctor knowing that the TARDIS left at the last second and Turlo not and kind of being like, well, I guess we're stuck here yeah. <laughs> again. And the doctor kind of leads him on a little too yeah. long, I thought. But yeah, well. I, like, I liked all of that. And the idea that at, at this stage especially, it wouldn't be anything for this to happen in New Who. For the doctor to drop a line like, oh, she probably went to rest up for a couple hundred years before meeting us up here. (laughs) But for the fifth doctor to do it, I was, that was a big, 
Oh, okay. Because many times throughout the classic series, despite their love and dependent relationship, you almost feel like <laughs> the Doctor and the TARDIS quarrel far more than they oh, should. Oh, yeah. She's like the Perry of Companion. She's just constantly, no, I don't want to do it. Stop beating on my console. Will you open the door the right way? And just, fine, I'm going to leave you here. But at this leaving point, the parking brake on. Yeah. <laughs> at, at this point, it's, oh, she went away to go do, you know, take a break and she'd be back. She had to go rest up. Yeah. And it was just like, okay. We, we've 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 evolved that relationship as well, so that was cool. It was. Yeah. Shall we move on to the Council of Nicaea? Sure. The Fifth Doctor, Aramem, and Perry travel to the city of Nicaea in 325 AD to witness the first Council of Nicaea. However, religious fervor is running high, and theology uh, theological disputes threaten to spill over into actual violence. In the midst of this. The Doctor and Aramim find themselves on different sides. I want to give this one a really strong dun-dun-dun, but I don't know that I can. Oh, I quite enjoyed this I, one. I enjoyed this one, too. <clears throat> and I enjoyed... This first pure historical that we've heard in a Yeah, that's what I really time. appreciated about it. Long time. No alien intervention, no science fiction, no... I completely enjoyed it. Um, I don't. Maybe I'm still percolating on it. I I, I, I like the fact that it was a pure historical. I was frustrated with Perry coming down on one side, Aramim coming down on the other side, and the Doctor, as the Fifth Doctor, is kind of frequently forced to do not just with these two, but with any group of companions in the TARDIS. <laughs> Pick a side. Well, playing moderator. Yeah. That's what he did through all of his years of TV was kind of tried to be the voice of reason. And I like I like that very early on though, after like the first episode, the doctor Well, he he's in the first episode he's very No, this is how it needs to be. Right. And is on the other side of Aramim. And very Perry Perry is a bit in the middle, more than the doctor Mm -hmm. is trying to play moderator. And then he wins her over to his side of thinking. I like that aspect of it. So I didn't think there, there was a, that long of him trying to be moderator between the companions. Agreed. Yeah, but it, not even just necessarily between the companions. Because I would agree. I think, Constantine I think in, 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 this, in this situation... We're trying to play peacekeeper. Yeah. Peacekeeper, yeah. Uh, in this situation, I, uh, between the, the companions and the doctor, I agree. Perry was the moderator. She was the one that was trying to make the doctor see Ehrman's side... And she was one also trying to make Aramin see the doctor's side. If there was any moderator in this, it was Perry in this, which I was glad that she kind of took a middle ground on it because one of the things I don't like about this is we've been exploring Aramin's character and she's grown as as a character and her relationship with, with the doctor and Perry have been put through trials in the last two stories we listened to. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly we've come to a point where she's kind of grown and the, the relationship has changed. And then it was like we slid Airman way back because she suddenly became hot-headed, stubborn uh, Airman again, who at one point she grew to trust the doctor implicitly, and now suddenly she's like, you know, yeah. the doctor's wrong. And, and yeah. that, that I didn't. The only, even, thing, even, I, only she, thing I didn't like Even about. to she, the point of... Okay, I'll leave you here. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah. I'll stay. And it's like... Mm, I, I right. thought that was a great cliffhanger, though. I, I really appreciate it. It works for a cliffhanger, but it, 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 it stinks because resolved. of the fact that... Well, yeah. it stinks for the fact that we 
I mean, if if this had been a story where Ehrman had still been the character she had been, you know, three or four stories ago, sure, a wonderful cliffhanger. But it was so out of character for Ehrman at this point. So. Yeah, she she definitely jumped in with both feet for Arius way quicker than she probably no, yeah. I think she should have. Yeah. And it's it's and, and and I found it very interesting that it was the fact that I, I and I liked that it was that she was trying to get somebody proper justice and have their voice heard, and she didn't care about the religious aspect. Yeah, it, it wasn't even that she sided with his him, his, his, his reasoning. Views. It was just siding with the you have the right to be heard, and yeah. I did like that. I think it's interesting that we. We have uh, this pure historical, and unlike the Aztecs, which is all of the the drama that kind of runs throughout the Aztecs is under threat of harm to Team Tardis. That's what we're really, you know, not so much the changing history part of it, but the if we're caught, this is what the consequence is. Whereas with this one, I never really felt like the peril was to them directly. It was more the damage to the time stream of what could happen. And so getting to the end of the story, and, and there, were, there were moments of genuine, you know, where she's going to, well, let's let's go lead a march at the emperor's house. He'll be all right with that, and he'll listen to us. Like, oh, Jesus, this is not going to end well for you. What are you thinking? But to, get, to go through all that and then get to the end and go, yeah, it didn't matter. Time is still, this is what happened. This is still where you're at. It kind of felt like... But I did a like great big exercise in nothing happened. Uh, but I, I, it did. It didn't change. They didn't change anything. But I did like the fact that they did change stuff. In the big scale, no, they didn't. But they improved Arius's life. The fact that Constantine then later reversed his stance on Arius and brought him back and exiled the other guy and gave him, a, even though his belief did not get taken for gospel. It he still wound up having a better life than if they hadn't intervened. See, in the way that they played that off at the end, I kind of took that to be that's what the standard history would have run out. Anyway. I, I didn't get that impression. But from let me interject here because I know a little bit of Nicaea, and I, I did do yeah, school. Little, I did well, and I did a little <laughs> research this week as well. This what I what I really liked about the story is this is a this was a perfect event to place the Doctor in because this is one of those times. In history, where there's a lot of debate, debate amongst historians and scholars as to how this really went down and what really happened, and I don't know if it's because the record isn't clear enough, or because Christianity in within there sort of taints the historic record in the way that the Bible taints the historic record in the way that while it's documentation, it also has a lot of faith-based representation. Mm-hmm. So. I think, and this this isn't biblical. This is obviously after after the, the Bible because this is this is the time the point where they came together. The different factions of Christianity there were actually three, but there's only two in this instance because two of the factions agreed with the idea of divinity of God mm-hmm. of, of, of Christ, Christ's divinity, and it was the Arians that had the differing view. So they really had kind of come together. The Christians and the other uh, group had kind of come together on that idea, and that's why the Arians lost out. So it was three to one or two to one. But what I liked about this is it was really placed in a kind of gray area of history anyway as far as uh, our history goes. Scholars are still debating on what exactly happened here or how it actually played out. And the facts are that the Aryans came in with one proposal. The Christians came in with another proposal. The Christians won out. They, They decided against the Aryan view of divinity. And 
the Arians, uh, well, uh, Arian, uh, uh, Arius. Arius specifically was exiled, and he was he was sent away. And in depending on, on on what view of history you see, Arian did make his way back into Constantine's favor, and in fact, the the Arians grew within the empire before being pushed out again by the Christians, and then what later became Catholicism. So huh. it's it's interesting that they played with this aspect, and they gave the team something to do that might have influenced that. Yeah. And that's why I like the fact that the end, because the, when they came up to it and they were talking about it, I kept thinking, we're not even going to address that Arian and, and uh, Arius and, and Constantine later became friends. But then they do, because then the, the doctor says, well, actually, and he gets more of the story in, in dialogue. And so I like that because I thought, okay, well, they really did kind of come down on what the, hist- what, what the majority of history believes happened in this situation. So um, the other thing that I liked about this is the fact that Constantine, while he was a Christian himself and he was, he was very faith-based in Christianity, he really did – in what we know of the historical evidence, he really did bring these groups together and became and was a moderator. He was mm-hmm. a, he was a you guys get together and you figure this out for the better best all, of Christianity. Because what was happening based off your decision. yeah because what was happening was well for the longest time leading up to uh, I think it was even theosis that that started Christianity within the within the uh, Roman Empire. But Christ, uh, Constantine certainly had a hand in solidifying it. But what I mean, Christians were persecuted at, up, up until this point. I mean, there was a lot of. In fact, that's where the the term martyrdom comes from, because a lot of Christians were dying for their beliefs, Arians and Christianity. And so, Constantine stepped in, and as they were they were feuding within the church themselves, he realized that the church needed to be a foundation. If you're going to have a religion, if you're going to have a belief system, you've got to all be on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so he did bring them together, and he he had no intention of influencing the council. And a lot of people felt like Constantine was going to influence council, and he didn't. So that's the other thing that I thought this story did well, was it did set Constantine up outside of the, while Ehrman thinks that Constantine's got a hand in this, the, the story plays out where Constantine really only wanted yeah. wanted peace within the empire. Yeah. And I like the fact that they, they related that to the actual story as well. So I give them huge props for taking what we do know and what I think is the best basis for the historical evidence and utilizing that and being able to place our characters in and go, okay, it's a gray area, so we can do sort of whatever we want <laughs> and influence the events and still have no record of the Dr. Perry and Araman even being there. And that, that, that Arian, or Arius, because he was the the figurehead of the Arian movement, is gets all of the credit or blame yeah. for what, what happens in, in, for the Aryans. The thing that I think, the only thing that I could tell, and I'm sure that a historian, somebody that's better than me, could point out knows this era better than I in the just short research that I've done. The one difference that I noticed historically is that Arian, uh, Arius actually was not kept outside and sent bishops as representatives. Arius actually was in the council and did try oh. to defend himself. So. Mm. Or defend his his point of view or the point of view of his group. So that was the only thing that I thought was maybe miss. But again, you can set that in the whole gray area of yeah. there's so much. There's sure. not enough as evidence here. We're still debating this. 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 Maybe I just need to go like back and listen to it again then, because like I I really felt like there was there was so much that I liked. I liked the fact that Constantine was not a dyed in the wool villain. Yeah, which he initially. So 
they, they kind of started yeah. to paint Which him that I way. I love the fact that they set us up with something yeah. and then give us something Yeah, I, I love yeah. that. I, I love the fact that, uh, you know, as I said, that, that Aramon was kind of spearheading the charge for him and then that it did work out. Um, I, I love the fact that, that Perry wasn't the one that, because it would have been very easy for Perry to kind of come down on one of these sides and be the, the, the mouthpiece. Mm-hmm. As a television series episode probably would have made her, and that you know that that wasn't it. I agree with you that, that Airman kind of backslid there, but I just I don't know. I, on, uh, there was something I liked the fact there weren't aliens in it. That it was just you know that this was what happened. Weren't. Or weren't you said weren't aliens that there wasn't well, there was, was not aliens. Least, but well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I just I don't know. I I felt like. It had great potential that didn't quite live up to it. I don't know. I just I, you know it's frustrating. I, I think for me. what this story and, and I and again I got more enjoyment out of it. I think because I did some of the backstory and the history of it. I think what this this particular story serves as is more of one of what the original Doctor Who was intended for. Was it was something yeah, that was yeah. supposed to um, entertain but also educate, educate at the yeah. same time. And I think that that was their attempt here. Was a, let's do a historical in the pure sense of how it was intended in the early days in Hartnell's era. And and I think they achieved it better here oh, yeah. than they ever did in any yeah, of absolutely. the early stories of Doctor Who. I mean, you know me. I love the gunfighters. Love that story. But I'm the first one to point out, well, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. That's not <laughs> historically accurate at all. And I would hope that no child, especially a British child, was learning about the Wild West <laughs> from this story. But this is – in this one, Big Finish attempted to do something, I think, to – Give you a little more insight because I mean, yeah. had you ever heard of Arius before this? Yeah, no, I haven't. No. So, I, I hadn't. Mean, I hadn't heard of the council before this. It yeah, was, it was which news to we me that, brought up that the you, that you brought it up. It. And I, I liked the fact that we got a not just a historical, but a religious story that didn't automatically default into cult or yeah, you know. The, but there, also, there's it, those stereotypes it, it, it that you tend the religion to get. Very respectful. Yeah, it, it didn't did. struggle to. Put a scientific or logical spin on Christianity. It just let Christianity be what it was. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I like that too. All about the divinity of God. That's where we <laughs> get the. Uh, that's in fact, cancel Nicaea is the reason that Christianity continued as God the Father and Son, and then later it was in. in it was sort of revamped for Holy Spirit. So you have the uh, Holy Trinity. Yeah. Because Christianity believes that there's one God and three figures within the Godhead. So you've got Christ, you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All one God still works with the uh, biblical aspect of only believing in one God, but you've got three that have existed together since creation. So It's, it's interesting. And, and it's the- interesting that they, the, the Arians felt that God was one entity and that Christ was another entity and that Christ didn't necessarily be elevated to the divinity that God was, which is even argued today. I mean, not within Christianity, <laughs> but but scholars that, that, that look at Christianity and say, well, you're contradicting yourself saying there's one God, but then you say there's a God, a father, you know, there's a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. That's three gods. No, it's not. The, this is the reason. It's interesting that at, at one time, that debate, was you know, in the second century, yeah. was having being had then, and it's still on the other side, still have being being debated today. So. Where would this be set in relation to the Titan Comics 
Eleventh Doctor story. This would Since be this is actually after after because uh, Constantine, at the point that he was not emperor at the time that we visit. Okay, the, so yeah, he's he, he's still he was, consolidating his power. He at was that point. he was battling there. There's an eternal battle within the uh, Roman Empire at that time. What was happening was they had one Caesar, but they had many different governing uh, heads within the different regions. And what had happened was the Roman Empire was beginning to splinter, and they had different ideals on how the empire was to be run. And what Constantine did is he was stationed with, and I can't remember the, the, the particular Caesar's name, but he was stationed with that. He was taken from his home, which would have been the other in the western, yeah, the western side of the empire, and was taken and was being groomed and 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 basically for for leadership, um, not necessarily as as emperor, but but, but groomed for leadership in, in the hierarchy. And what happened was that uh, particular uh, leader died, and so he went home to be with his father. And when his father was rejoined with his father, his father took ill, and basically he took over for his father for that region. And mm-hmm. what he decided was that he recognized that the empire was splintering, that they needed commonality and they needed one true Caesar. And so that's when he started to battle the other different governing uh, factions. There was a lot of warring civil war within that time. And it ended up coming down to Maximilian, or Ma- Ma- Maxilian, who was the other, the one the that he was guy, fighting right. on that bridge. And that bridge was the pinnacle battle that we see in that. Constantine comes, defeats Maxilian, and becomes uh, Caesar and Roman emperor. Over the Roman Empire. So that would have taken place probably 30, 40 years before this, before Nicaea. That's actually when when uh, Constantine came to Christ, too. I think I re- recounted the story that the sign was, was uh, well, and it was actually in historical accounts, they saw us at the battle, they saw Christianity was, had already been a thing, it was already right. growing, it was already something that had been been percolating over the 300 years since Christ had died. But uh, he was introduced to Christianity. He knew it existed, but he wasn't necessarily a man of God. He still uh, worshipped the, the Roman gods. And uh, Christianity was was kind of becoming, and when he saw a pillar of fire in the sky, he saw a comet, and a, well, he saw something fall from the sky and then a huge pillar of, of and that which the story explains that away as being the uh, the entity crashing on Earth. With the Cyberman ship, so um, but yeah, that that was that, and that's what what sold him on that that was a sign of God, and that, that God was the one true God. So, if anything, then this audio story reinforces how good that comic story was. <laughs> no, hear me out, because when when uh, Alice is kind of reading him the the riot act over, do you have any idea what you've set in motion here? And how many wars you have caused? <laughs> he did. <laughs> he knew he did because know. he'd already yeah. been here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a later time. Just a later, later time, yeah. and knowing what was going to set up. All right. Knowing that there was another battle coming anyway. I like yeah. this story it's now. Good. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised I, there's I not more stories in Big Finish or on television set during this time period because there's there's so much political uh, drama that you could. You could there is pull from yeah, to create great stories. The uh, <laughs> I, I, got, I thought this and whole still week, remain historically ambiguous. I thought yeah. this whole week that it was very serendipitous that we did that Titan comic story 
that we did the Aztecs, was a, which was nearly a pure historical, and this story, and there are a lot of parallels between this and Aztecs, as, yeah, as, you, as you pointed out. I mean, relative uh, parallels, not, like you said, in that it's more about the companions, and it, hey, if we get caught, it's, it's not a, a, you know, we're going to break time. This one is a little different in that sense, but they both have that, We've been we've landed into a historical event that things have to play out the way they play out. Well, and I kept when when, uh, when Peter Davison was giving his, his his speech about you know you can't change history. I I was like you got to say it, man. Get you got to get the line. Not one, and then it didn't come. I was like, oh, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> it certainly was. <laughs> but it was. Uh, like I said, I'll, I'll have to percolate on it a little bit more. You guys have helped me enjoy it a lot more now that I'm thinking about it than what I did about coming off of it. Coming off of it, I, was, I didn't hate it by any stretch yeah. of the imagination, but coming well, off of it, I was just going, kind of like, eh. And I well, wonder if I didn't know any backstory on Nicaea, or I hadn't looked into it more this week. I wonder if I would have been in the same spot. Because it really, if you, if you look at it, you pull all that out of it, and you look at it, there's not a lot that happens. There's, really there's, there's, it's really an inner struggle between the companions and the doctor. And there's a story that's going to play out no matter what you do, there's a story that's going to play out through the whole thing, and it's real more of a—it's really more of a story of the Doctor and Araman than it is what's happening in the situation they've been landed in. So, yeah. I might have come down on the side of, but knowing more about Nicaea, it sort of helped me elevate this story up to me. Well, See, and I don't know a lot about it; I just know the bare bones. And I thought the the debates the theological and political debates happening and it was fascinating. I did too. I, that was another thing that I really liked is that once again that we, we had not only a, 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 a religious story but one that they weren't afraid to tackle these theological well, issues. And then they even went further to the rights. What what is what is basic human rights and how what is just, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and kind of threw that out there. And I was like, wow, this is cool. And, and, and in typical Doctor Who fashion, when I get to one of these that I don't know much about, it did pique my interest. It's, it's, it's one of those that's like, wow, I wish I knew more about this time frame. And, you know, yeah. maybe I should do some research on it to make sure that I, you know. So anytime you do that, obviously you've succeeded as a story. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Especially with me. <laughs> Eustathius of Antioch, I believe, was the other group that was there that ended up siding with Eurius of Caesarea <laughs> against the Athenius of Alexandria. Anything else on this story? I don't think so. I don't I, think so either. Uh, this one gets a thumbs up for me. I didn't done 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 very heavy at the first, but uh, this got a thumbs up. Well, go, go, go back and give it the opportunity. So uh, Keith has just finished reading the last line, uh, blah, uh, blah, uh, blah, blah, uh, the Council of Nicaea. Dun, dun, dun. Okay. It's a good dun, dun, dun. And Keith agrees. All I right. agrees with that. Then so say we all. I'll go along. <laughs> so say we all. All right, we're going to come up with a schedule. I don't know. We don't do a schedule. <laughs> <laughs> I knew if I said it wrong, I'd throw you off. Schedule. Schedule. Well, coming up next on the schedule, uh, Friday Night Who this week. Uh, as always, you're welcome to join us if you have the opportunity. We were going to be finishing off Planet of the Spiders with John Pertwee and Sarah Jane and Sergeant Benton and the lovely Brigadier if he manages to get to this other planet and some terrifyingly horrible creatures that are scuttling around on, <laughs> on eight legs. 
Um, we'll do parts four through six. We push play at midnight on that one. Uh, next week's episode, number 245, we will be reviewing Planet of the Spiders, which is not one we've tackled before. So we'll get our thoughts on it. And uh, maybe some uh, some info from Dr. Phil as well. Um, seems like one he'd be into, doesn't it? It does. And then uh, the following week, uh, we will do the finale of Series 8. So if you didn't get a chance to get out into theaters to see it, uh, Dark Water, Death in Heaven, you can join us <laughs> for Friday Night Who and watch it. Uh, and then uh, our final round of Big Finish for a while uh, for episode number 246 as we close out the first season of The Eighth Doctor Adventures with episodes number 7 and 8, Human Resources, Part 1 and Part 2. Um, then it's time for TopCon here in town. So if you are in the area, please come down and say hi to us. TopCon looks like it's going to be a fantastic event this year. They've got a lot of good stuff lined up. Uh, we will obviously be there. The... Uh, iBot, Iron Brothers of Topeka, many other uh, uh, fine guests will be there as well for a, a big geek extrav- extravaganza. And uh, we will be doing a special Friday Night Who on the 18th uh, of September with The Rescue with William Hartnell. And we will get you the time as soon as I get uh, confirmation from the convention organizers. Um, and then uh, obviously that weekend is the big one. That's the, the launch of... Series 9. Yay! The wait is almost over. So we'll get the Magician's Apprentice that Saturday, and we'll be talking uh, TopCon and our thoughts on that episode as well. And there are lots more fun things to come. Lots more, including maybe some some role-playing. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And some miniatures, and some... (laughs) Make sure you follow us on uh, all of the various social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter and uh, be sure that you continue to support us on Patreon. Uh, every bit of money that you send to us goes right back into this podcast so that we can uh, continue to bring it to you. And um, We have uh, designs on our Spreadshirt uh, shop. We certainly appreciate you to give it a look and if there's something that uh, tickles your fancy, you may certainly purchase one of those and support the show that way. And also our Amazon store. If you click on, if you click through from there to Amazon, um, that part of those proceeds will also go towards this show. So, anything else we need to tackle before we leave today? A big thank you to all of our listeners. As always, we, uh, you know, we would be sitting around doing this without you, but it wouldn't be nearly as much fun or exciting. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there certainly wouldn't be as much uh, technology involved with microphones <laughs> and computers. It would just be the three of us sitting around the, the table going, what'd you think? Wait, we could still do this without all this? We could It'd still do this so without this. so much easier us. on me. It would be. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'll say, you know what, since you brought it up, a big thank you to Glenn for carrying the bulwark of the, the, the podcasting work. Oh. All the, the editing. The, the editing. The, the and technical the, Posting Mumbo on jumbo the, that we know, don't quite get. He makes he makes Keith and I sound good. <laughs> well, guys, he makes Keith sound good. I don't guys, know what much he does for you me. You guys but. shoulder just as much responsibility by coming up with the talki- topics and doing the scheduling and keeping us on task. And Keith every week coming up with the news items, keeping track of the feedback. You guys shoulder just as much. It's it is a, a group effort. And, uh, and maybe maybe your end looks more daunting for, from my <laughs> seat. I don't know. But. For all that I, I do on the, the for all that so. I do on the te- on the technical aspect, I have very little to do with what you guys do. So <laughs> that's that's. Well, huge amount of work off of my plate so i i certainly appreciate all that you guys do and put into it and we appreciate everybody that uh, that listens and uh, you know writes in with feedback or or heck 
give us some suggestions on topics you'd like us to, to, to tackle. Why yeah. not? You know, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be the top down. We promise to method. write them down and not try to just remember them because <laughs> if we just try to remember them, we forget. Yeah, <laughs> we'll make. We'll, we'll put it into the spread uh, spreadsheet and. We promise to try to remember to write them down. <laughs> That's as far as I'm willing to commit to it. That's why point. we don't have Sean write things down because he'll forget to put, write them down. The technological Neanderthal doesn't understand pencils. <laughs> if there's anything Sean's good at, it's remembering to forget. Yes. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied. <laughs> <laughs>